Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a broadcast that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And then it's available on a number of podcast outlets. And this is an opportunity for us to take the information that and the knowledge that we gained for many years facilitating pet loss support groups, 30 plus years in Nancy's case, a little over 11 years, I think, in mine. And uh, expand that, the reach of what we can share even further. We wrote a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And that's available for you. But this opportunity allows us to dialogue with you. And so a lot of what we do on this program is we read letters that we've gotten, emails that we've gotten from audience members and then and then share some thoughts and comments on them and we hear that this is extremely helpful for people so please mm -hmm. feel free to send us your stories your recommendations for topics your recommendations for guests if you have them mm -hmm. and we're always happy to hear from you you can reach me at ken ddv at gmail.com that's k-e-n ddv at gmail.com you can reach nancy at N. Saxton Lopez, that's N S A X T O N L O P E C at C S M P C dot com. Mm -hmm. And you can also leave a voicemail through the anchor link, which you'll find in the description. You can also support us by giving a gift if you're so inclined. We do this as a labor of love, but of course, doesn't hurt to get a, a little gift of money now and again. So there's a link for uh, info on Venmo and PayPal. You can actually subscribe if you'd like as well and give us a monthly support. And we also encourage you, if you're so inclined to subscribe on YouTube, because the more subscriptions there are, the higher that the program ranks when people are looking for support on it's YouTube or for pet loss and mm -hmm. so that's always helpful as well so we also would like you to know that this program is a friend of dakin humane society dakin humane society is located in springfield massachusetts and they're a great program they've been in operation since 1969 you can learn more about them by going to dakinhumane.org d-a-k-i-n H-U-M-A-N-E.org. Also, Dakin has been sponsoring a monthly Zoom cost-free pet loss support group that I facilitate. And it is usually on the second Tuesday of the month, but because of my travel schedule, it is on the third Tuesday of this month. And it is on, therefore, next Tuesday, the 20th at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you can RSVP for this and join the group. I encourage you to do so. It gives you the opportunity to dialogue with all the other members who show up for that meeting. It's been very helpful for those who have been there. And again, there is no cost. And you can do this from anywhere in the world. We've had people join us from all over the place. So just go to the link that is in the description of this program or just go to dakin.org and look for programs and you'll find the RSVP link there. So Nancy, you want to get us started for this evening? Yeah, sure. And I also want to give a shout out to Tony um, because um, 
Uh, we're going to be telling his story, not tonight, but he did mention something about the 13th. So we yeah, hope he's yeah. listening tonight because it's going to be on the 20th. The group will be on the 20th. And I'm sorry if that communication wasn't clear because we kind of changed it a little bit late in the game, mm -hmm. I think about a week or so, a week and a half or so ago. So hopefully he'll be able to join us on the 20th. And I apologize if that messed up some people's schedules. Mm -hmm. So tonight, and we have quite a few um, now stories that have come in and, and we do think it's really important for people to share their stories because first of all, writing it out is cathartic mm -hmm. and helpful. Mm -hmm. And then sharing it um, is really also very helpful for our audience and people that are listening um, because we all are on, on, on our own community, right, in this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people feel very alone and they don't feel that they have any support. But this is the purpose of our podcast to make sure that, you know, you are not alone and you, uh, you have a lot of support and resources out there. So tonight we're going to start with Anna and Mai. Um, and, you know, she has had a very difficult time and a sad time with her beautiful little baby. I think he's a little cocker spaniel, I believe, who just behaviorally, you know, could not function in, in, in her world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to read her story and then Ken and I will talk about it. Um, Hello, dear Ken and uh, Nancy. Your podcast has helped me navigate through grief as well as made me feel less alone with my feelings. I just wanted to tell my story because I know that there are probably many listeners who have had to go through same as I. This topic is such a taboo and holds a lot of guilt, shame, and untalked emotions as well as judgment and even hate. For everyone who has gone through this, I recommend... Losing Lulu Facebook support group. Okay, Losing Lulu, L-U-L-U -L -U, Facebook support group. I understand if this is too long for you to read, it's not, or take time, it isn't. We will, we're reading it, but writing helps. And if there's a, a, even a chance, slight chance I could someday get her story out, I'm going to keep trying. This is a story about the love of my life, my. I live in Finland. And I got her when she was eight weeks old, 2.8 kilograms of love. <laughs> Getting a red cocker spaniel had been a dream of mine since I was seven. And even though we've always had family dogs, my was my first very own dog. I was 19 when I got her. And even though I knew a lot about dogs, I studied a lot more in order to be super prepared. Everything went amazing when she was a tiny puppy. I socialized her as much as possible, and she was a very brave and social puppy. However, at seven months old, she started to show signs of bad resource guarding and aggression. I thought I had done something wrong, so I was panicking, and I got in touch with professionals, many, many trainers and vets. We made sure it wasn't pain-related aggression. Nobody believed that a nine kilogram tiny spaniel could ever behave in that way. When she turned one, we started an intensive behavioral therapy that our vet recommended. She was specialized in behavioral issues and had a few decades of experience. 
Finally, I felt seen. She told us it was genetic and that the problem is inside her brain, in her brain's neural structure. My couldn't handle any normal triggers. For example, if she was laying down and someone moved their leg, something like that. So minor that it would cause her, though, to attack. Fast forward when she had just turned two in April of 2022, everything had gone gotten significantly worse. At that point, I rarely left my house or invited friends over because everything made my anxious and triggered her aggression. She had gone from a people-loving puppy to a dog who nobody but I could touch. She attacked my dad and other family members without any specific trigger. It was like her eyes went black and she was a totally different dog during those attacks. After the attack, she was her normal, happy self, yet always on alert, anxious, and ready to attack. I had been in denial during the 1.5 years of Mai's undesirable behavior. My quality of life was non-existent. I cried on the floor most days, begging Mai's brain to be okay. I'd invested so, so much time and money. Even my parents helped with the financial side because everyone wanted Mai to get better. Before Mai, I never knew I could love a dog so much. In fact, I never knew I could love so, so much. Even the thought of euthanasia broke my heart into millions of pieces every time. Therefore, I started to think about rehoming her. I told our trainers and our vet that I wanted to rehome her, give her a better life. Unfortunately, everyone disagreed with the thought of rehoming because it wouldn't solve the problem. It would transfer to someone else, and the one who would suffer the most was mine. The problem wasn't the environment she was living in. The problem wasn't me because she was sick. She had a defect in her neural structure. I realized how awful Mai's life must be, being anxious all the time, having to be afraid of literally everything, hurting the people she loves the most. She couldn't be let near people anymore. She was suffering even on walks, getting panic attacks. I knew I had to make the call and my heart broke into a million of pieces again. This was the end of the road for us. I had let go. I had to let go of the love of my life because she was suffering and it would have been selfish of me to continue her suffering and keeping her here just because I would fall apart without her. And I did. I did fall apart. I'm still a huge mess. My heart is still in the same pieces as the day I let her go. It has been two and a half months and the grief is so overpowering and overwhelming but your podcast keeps me going because here are the people who understand. I've lost an extended family member over this because she doesn't believe um, in BE, and I'm not sure, a behavioral Behavioral euthanasia. She thinks I made the wrong decision, though she had never even met my dog. And that hurts more than she could even imagine. I know people who listen to my story might judge, but that's okay. I am at peace with my decision, though it didn't really feel like I had options. I had to choose between letting her suffering continue or transferring her her suffering to me. And because my love for her was bigger than the universe, I chose to let her find her peace, even though it meant that I will suffer more than I could ever imagine. And I would do it again without doubt. She was and still was my soulmate. It was like our souls were united. 
She loved me with her whole heart, and I adored and loved her. Losing her has been the most difficult thing in my life, and I'm still in an early stage of my grieving journey. As well as grieving her loss, behavioral euthanasia has a lot of unspoken trauma too. The emotional roller coaster, being stressed with your dog, or even being scared of the dog you love the most. Having to make the call, schedule the euthanasia appointment for your two-year-old baby is so devastating and traumatizing. Therefore, it has to be talked about. People can't suffer in silence. I thought I was the only one before I joined the Facebook group. Pure grief support is the most important thing with this. If you made it this far, thank you for reading this, of course. And thank you so much for your podcast. I just want to let the whole world know how much I loved Mai, even when her brain was sick. Even when I was scared, I still loved her with every piece of me. And I still do. And here's a little picture of Mai. Oh, I have to remember. There's little Mai. Little Mai in her hoodie. Oh, so, so how how difficult, right? Yeah, what and situation? I have to tell you, when I read Anna's letter, I felt a special kind of connection because I've mm. had this experience as well, as I've mentioned, right. where my partner and I had a a dog who was fine for many months when he was little, and then he did what my did. He became vicious, really, really vicious, particularly in the evening, particularly when anything that anything happened that struck him as encroaching on him in a way that in one way or another felt like a threat. And we did what Anna did. We went to many trainers. We went to behavioral specialists who were veterinarians. And we were in exactly the same place where we, we were told mm -hmm. that we certainly couldn't try to rehome him because it was just giving somebody else an animal that was unmanageable. And that what we were told was you have three options. And at the time, my then wife was pregnant with our son, who's now 30 years old. He'll turn 30 years old tomorrow, actually. And those, spe those specialists told us that if we had this dog in our home, he would attack our infant mm -hmm. because he would see the infant as a threat to him and that it would be exceptionally bad judgment to have him in the house. And so we were told we could perhaps remove all his teeth or we could put him in a pen and feed him like a caged animal or we could euthanize him and they recommended euthanasia and we did it. And like mm -hmm. Anna, it was really gut-wrenching but it was really the only yeah. reasonable solution. And I'm so grateful to Anna for her courage in sharing this yeah. and also sharing in detail. And, and one of the things that I think is just really important to stress is that she didn't make this decision lightly. No. This was mm -hmm. made after months and months of all kinds of consultations and seeing specialists and trying this, that, and the other thing. And in the end, it was really the only option that was the way, the, the right way to go. It was, it was the only option that made any sense. And so that's something that I think it's very important to stress because sometimes dogs have behavior problems that you can manage through training mm -hmm. and that perhaps you can manage through training and 
some kind of medication. But other times there are dogs like this, where there's something neurologically going on that it's just not, you're not going to get anywhere with because there is no cure. There's no real management protocol for it. And so it leads down this path. And so again, I just am so thankful to Anna. And I'm, I'm very sorry that she has somebody in her life right. who is judging her. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it strikes me that, of course, the, you know, I don't want to exert too much judgment myself, but the person who's judging her doesn't really know, doesn't have yeah, any fundamental information idea. about this. Like doesn't really, just as making a judgment and, and it's made with, with the, the least amount of information and experience. And here you've got a person who lived through this right. for all of these two plus years. And she's being harangued by somebody who supposedly loves her, I guess. And I always find that incredibly disturbing. And, I, and I'm glad that Anna is protecting herself yes. from this person. Yeah, it was. I liked a lot what she said, that she's at peace with her decision. Yeah. And that it's unfortunate that the, this person in her life um, has, has dis, you know, distanced herself or disappeared. But that she she knows she did the right thing. Look, there are a lot of some animals out there that are mm-hmm. ill and mm-hmm. they may have mental illness. They mm-hmm. may have terrible aggression. And, and we have worked with people who all of a sudden their animal, their dog, mostly dogs, it's not usually cats, but will bite somebody mm-hmm. or will be a- aggressive. I mean, there was a young man in the group some years ago when he had rescued a dog from his cousin, I think it was. And the cousin had sort of mistreated the dog. And the dog was very um, alert with a door closing, right? So it would get very uh-huh. aggressive with the door closing. And he spent, like Anna, so much time, energy, trainers, um, you know, behaviorists, and... But one night, um, he was sitting with his fiance and the dog, and a door closed, and the dog bit him. Mm-hmm. And he was, but he bit so hard that he needed to go to the hospital. Um, his trainer, however, um, went to him while he was under a lot of pain medication and said, We have to euthanize the dog. And he said, Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dog was euthanized. But what happened is after he rec- he was recollected with himself and he wasn't on the medication anymore, he broke down. And so he started coming to the group because he said, I, I don't know if I would have really said that. Yeah. Or, 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 you know, I would have had to work with that differently, but I, it was taken out of my hands, even though I said, yes, I don't know if I, you know, would have done that if I wasn't on pain medication. Yeah. So... I mean, these are difficult, difficult situations. Yeah, and 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 I can see how that would be even more complicated because he didn't feel like he was able to deliberate about it. That's right. The way that Anna was, the way that we right. were, the way that it makes sense to do it because it is an extraordinarily difficult decision mm-hmm. and it's one that you don't want to make haphazardly, of course. Of course. And and so very, very challenging. So it's great that Anna was willing to share this. 
I, I hope that it brings her more solace to know that mm -hmm. there are going to be a lot of people who hear this and they often may be people who have had to do this, but they haven't spoken about it very much because. Well, like she said, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. You, you yeah. hope that when you, when you adopt or you have a new uh, puppy come into your life or a new kitty come into your life, that the expectation and the fantasy is that you're going to have a long, wonderful life with them, yep, right? Yep, yep. And when something like this happens, now it could be also, we've had those situations, it's a little bit different, but that some uh, animal has gotten terminally ill very quickly. Yeah, so yeah. six months, a year or whatever. I mean, and that's also very shocking, but it's, it's almost more complicated with aggression, you know, because oh, sure. her whole life was around this baby of hers who she loves so much and he he just wasn't right or she wasn't yeah she wasn't right she wasn't right mm -hmm. and so um and that caused her such angst and exhaustion gotcha. um and so and so she after all of that and she realized no matter how painful it was that it was better for my to you know travel to over the bridge yeah, and yeah. that she would she would suffer for that a little bit in grieving yep because so, the dog was tortured yeah you know, yeah my was tortured so, so thank you anna yes you thanks know. so much hannah and and i guess we'll move and we'll we'll share another story mm -hmm. and this is from aaron and aaron wrote hi ken and nancy so I found your podcast through Apple and I wanted to share with you my story. Me and my wife got our first dog, a Corgi, when she was a puppy, 8.5 years ago. Her name was Buttons and she changed our world tremendously. She brought us into a whole new community and I even became part of a large event here in Northern California called CorgiCon. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Buttons has been an overall healthy dog until this past July when we noticed that she was struggling to keep her left eye open. We took her to the vet. They provided us with antibiotics. While things got better when she was on the medication, it did resurface toward the end of the month. We took her back. They did tests. and The vet believed it was a dry eye issue. Once again, we were sent home with antibiotics and an artificial tear and were advised to do a warm compress. Later that week, we were doing her warm compresses on that Friday night, and then it hit her. She braced down on her jaw and then went into a seizure. We were mm -hmm. ready to take her to the ER, but they said to monitor the situation, and if she had another one, we should bring her in. Well, sure enough, she had another seizure in the middle of the night. At mm -hmm. that point, we took her to the ER. They did blood work and observed her. We didn't go home with any medication, but they said to schedule a follow-up with our regular vet. We went home thinking we would be okay. We weren't. She had another seizure. The doctor mentioned that if she did have another seizure, we should record it and send it to them. We did, and that was the worst thing I ever had to do. After sending the video, oh, we finally were able to get anti-seizure medication. So we come back home and try to make her comfortable and give her her first dosage. Unfortunately, it didn't work, and she would have two more seizures. We rushed her to a different ER vet and advised them to do what they needed to take care of her. We waited for about an hour and a half. 
before the doctor spoke with my wife. She advised that Button had another seizure while she was under their care. In total, she had six seizures. The doctor believed that it was more than likely a brain tumor. Mm -hmm. She advised us of an action plan we could take to get her diagnosed, but because of all the seizures, there was severe brain damage and her quality of life would be severely diminished. It was at that point we made the difficult decision to let her go. Mm-hmm. It hurt so much to lose her and this feeling of loss ebbs and flows. We know that it was the best decision for her. Here's where the story gets interesting for us. We have been trying to have a child for quite a few years. This year, we have been trying and about 16 days after Button passed, we found out that we're pregnant. That's nice. Has such a bitter sweet feeling. I'm excited yeah. to become a first time father, but incredibly sad thinking that Buttons felt the need to pass in order to, for us to have our first child. It's such a weird feeling, and I don't know if what I'm feeling is right. We were actually about to see another dog so we could welcome them into our home. But with this news, it changed our plans, and honestly, it, makes, it kind of makes me sad because we won't have a four-legged friend for quite a few years. I'm incredibly thankful we're going to be first-time parents, but I still feel that loss as Buttons was such a huge part of our lives. Please feel free to share this story if you'd like, Aaron. So- you know, that's so interesting for me because, you know, one door shuts and another yeah. opens, yeah. right? And I have to say, I wrote back to Aaron. We co- corresponded a bit. Mm-hmm. I wrote back to Aaron and said, I, I can see how you're feeling a, this way about mm-hmm. maybe Buttons felt like they had to exit in order for you to have this newcomer, but I, I wouldn't say that's the only interpretation. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have probably, to be. It's quite it, possible no. that Buttons would love to have been there. And Aaron wrote back and said that feeling has sort of dissipated, you know, dissipated some, yeah. but it's, it's interesting the meanings that we, that mm-hmm. we make of these, of, of all these experiences that are, you know, so beyond the art. I think I wrote to Aaron and said, you know, I would never presume to understand why things happen at the time. No, you do. get existential with it and you can't, you just have to stop yeah. because you have no, there's no answer for it. And I do want to talk a little bit about seizures since I yeah. have, I have yeah. a lot of experience with that. Yeah. And it's one of those things that makes you, it tears you up to watch. Yeah. And for them, they don't feel it, mm-hmm. but for you, 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 it's so disturbing and upsetting. Um, and so I can understand their trauma with this. And because of the nature of how many seizures, you know, he had, um, I, there was a good possibility that he had a brain tumor. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I've been dealing with epilepsy and, and you know, Hank, my with beloved. Boogie and now a boogie and so you know it's been manageable with meds it was so intense and so quick and all of those clusters and then in that cluster that i mean but how sudden is that right i mean how scary and it's such a scary thing one after she kept she kept having them one after another Mm -hmm. and yeah so it was it was yes the right thing to do um, because it, it sounds like it would not have been managed. But, you know, it's one of those situations where 
you don't, you're exhausted and you're upset and you don't know what to do and you have to make a euthanasia decision, um, which is a hard thing to do. And I know it took a lot of courage, Aaron, you know, you and your wife. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we wish Aaron and his wife all the best things. And congratulations. Congratulations with their newcomer. And, and this is, often the way loss happens there's mm-hmm. our lives are complicated there's a lot of different things going on not at the same sometimes time there's there's great stressors and sometimes there's welcome news and and we just keep going and we we slog through it and it's the roller coaster of life yeah, yeah. and at some point i imagine they, they will, will have, have they one. will have another dog hey, and and listen, he's, it's very trendy, right? The queen. <laughs> the corgis. Yes, always had corgis. One of my neighbors have, has a corgi. They're, they're very cute with their little stubby legs. <laughs> oh, Aaron, so thank you so much yeah. sharing your story. You know, it's, it's very so, helpful for everyone. So I guess we'll stop there this evening, Nancy. As mm-hmm. always, it's, it's great having the time to chat with you. Thank you so much to... Anna and Aaron for sharing these stories and we wish you you both well and we wish everybody who listens or watches well as as well. Yes, take care please. Take care. Mm-hmm.